Welcome to Journey Church Podcast. It's great to have you with us. Here at Journey, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So whether you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend's worship experience. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. We hope you enjoy the message. If you have a Bible, you can turn to the book of Acts, chapter 20, verse 35. If you don't have a Bible, then you can go ahead and look on the screen. I'm reading from the New Living Translation and uh, the NLT, OPP, you be me, DDD. I don't know what that last one was. <laughs> and I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. And you should remember, somebody say remember. Yeah, it's important. Uh, you see the word remember all over the scripture. Paul is imploring us to remember. And um, I think the reason why he's imploring us to remember is because, you know, how many people know we have the tendency to forget. And if you forget the wrong things, you could get in trouble. If you forget how to get home, you could get lost. Uh, if you uh, forget you have an allergy, you could get sick. You know, in fact, on that same note, you could die. If you forget your wedding anniversary, you could. You could. It's a fact. And so half the things my kids get in trouble for is forgetting. I forgot to flush the toilet. Well, that's not cool. Um, I forgot to put away my toys. I forgot not to jump on the bed. I forgot not to shout while playing video games. I forgot not to run with knives. Just forgetting, forgetting, forgetting. And uh, you can get in trouble if you forget what the father said. You could be in trouble if you forget that the father said he loves you. Because then you could spend your whole life trying to seek the approval of somebody when you've already been approved. You could be in trouble if you forget that he said you've been forgiven. Because if you forgot that, you could be carrying a weight, a shame, and a condemnation on your shoulders for a deed that he's already forgotten. If you forget that he said greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world, you might stay on the other side of that business. You might stay on the other side of that risk out of fear of failure instead of remembering that he said he was going to be with you and that he would give you the victory. It's important to remember, which is pretty funny because we're not really remembering type of people. Like I had mentioned earlier, humans are really notorious for forgetting. Am I right? Right? Like what you had yesterday for breakfast? Boom. Don't answer that. Point made. It would, take, it would take some time. We're not really sure. We're not really the remember generation. We're the research generation. More arguments have been ended with these two words than ever in the history of humanity. Google it. That's how we settle disputes. We, we don't need to remember. We, we research. Yet when it comes to the questions that really matter, I found that those questions are not answered through research. Those questions, the real life, tough life questions are answered through remembering. If you wake up in the morning and you realize that you have bills to pay and you got kids to feed and retirement to save for and health insurance to purchase, you might get stressed out. You might start researching ways to start a side hustle. <laughs> Businesses to launch with under $100. <laughs> How to become a social media influencer. I could do this. I could totally do this. Yeah, well, it's not that easy. And then, and then you're just more stressed out because the moment you close that browser, you got to get dressed and go to work. For your, for your second job. But if you woke up and chose instead of to research to remember, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot. Your name is Jehovah 
Jireh, which literally means the Lord, my provider. I should have, I'm sorry, Lord. You are the owner of all the silver and the gold. I'm sorry. The cattle on a thousand hills belongs to you. My bad. I almost forgot that the earth is the Lord's and all there within. You got this, God. I didn't come to that peace through research. I came through that peace through remembering. And Paul emphasizes this because perhaps he knows that the, the variable for success in life is not God's faithfulness, but our forgetfulness. Not that he ceases to be faithful, but that we forget just how faithful that he is. And so he says, remember, it is more blessed. And by saying, remember, it is more blessed, he's instituting one thing and insinuating another thing. The thing that he's instituting is the fact that there lives an existence. Uh, there, there exists uh, a blessing that is even greater. And you can tap into this blessing through giving and generosity. And we'll talk about that. But the first thing he insinuates is that you are more blessed. And if he says that you are more blessed, what is he insinuating? That you're already blessed. And I got to start here before I can teach you how to become more blessed. Because if you don't first realize that you're already blessed, even when God gives you what you think you want, you won't feel blessed. Everybody in this room right now, despite your circumstance, needs to be able to say, I'm blessed. If you can't say I'm blessed now with what you got, don't you think for one second that another job, that another wife, that another husband, that another kid, that another church, that another building, that another ministry is going to do for you what you can't come to the realization for yourself. You got to be able to say I am already blessed. Tell your neighbor I'm blessed. Tell your other neighbor I'm blessed. Come on, but don't say it like a preacher made you say it. <laughs> say it like you actually believe it on the count of three. Shout I'm blessed. One, two, three. Say on three, one, two, three. I'm blessed. One, two, three. You better believe it. Tell your neighbor, I don't know about you. <laughs> but I'm blessed. Oftentimes I've, I've realized it's not the blessings that we lack, but the blessings that we forgot we had. I was so mad at, at Liz the other day because I thought she took my charger. <laughs> Just by a show of hands, if you've ever had a roommate, Boyfriend, girlfriend, lover, whatever, husband, wife. And like nine out of ten of your fights, well, who took the charger? Raise your hand. I just want to know I'm not alone. Just want to know I'm not alone. Just want to know I'm not alone. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Just want to know I'm not alone. We actually have stickers on each other's chargers now to identify whose chargers are who. Hers has a butterfly. I was so mad because I, th I, thought, I thought she took it, and, uh, which is a whole other sermon in and of itself. Stop blaming someone else for taking something that you lost. He didn't break your heart. You should have guarded it. It was yours. But that's another sermon. Uh, and, so, and so she said, she said um, is it in the office? Because that's where my charger always is. And I was like, did she say, did you look in the office? I'm, I'm thinking to myself, of course I looked in the office, babe. That's why I'm asking you. But then I realized I didn't look in the office. <laughs> so I went to the office and sure enough, there was my charger. And I felt... So bad, because I had wasted so much time searching for something I already had. How much time will you waste searching for a blessing you've already been given? Searching for a blessing you already have. You could spend your whole life looking for something that's plugged into your office. Mad at people for keeping it from you. Mad at people for taking it from you. It was yours. You had it all along. You just forgot where you put it. And the reason why I thought I had lost it, hear me out, because it wasn't where I expected it to be. Sometimes life fails to meet our expectations. 
But when life fails to meet our expectations, the answer is not to panic. The answer is not to freak out. The answer is not to run away. The answer is not to research. The answer, the response is to remember. So when you feel like you have nothing, when you feel like it's all gone, when you feel like you're not where you thought you'd be at this stage in your life, you go, oh, wait, I forgot. I've got lungs. I've got, I've got air in these lungs. I've got a roof over my head. I've got a brother and a sister. i got an amazing church. i got a car. Ain't got AC, but it's got four wheels. Amen. It does its thing. It does its job. Oh, I forgot for a second. I'm blessed. I remember now. He's been there all along. He was good this whole time. I remember I'm blessed. You got to catch that because it's the enemy's job to convince you that you're not. Because if he can convince you that you're not, he'll get you searching for ways to fulfill that void outside of Christ. It's really his main goal to convince you that you're not blessed, that you're cursed. So that you can look outside of Christ to fulfill that void, but you can't. You've got to realize that first. Now, once you realize that, then we can move on to the second thing, which is what I want to preach about. And this is what Paul is saying. Not only are you blessed, but let me tell you something exists. You, are, you have the ability to be even more blessed. That's what it said right there in Acts 20, 35. More blessed. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read this passage, I kind of felt guilty. And can I just be honest and be transparent and be vulnerable with you right now? Um, because uh, when I first got saved, I felt real bad because my pastor and everybody was telling me, well, Jesus should be enough. Jesus should be enough. Jesus should be enough for you. And amen, he was enough for me. But I, can't, I couldn't wrestle this feeling when I went home that night after that youth camp. I was laying in my bed and I was glad that I had Jesus and I was glad that he was restoring me and I was glad that he was fulfilling me. But there was something in me, I don't know if you can relate, that was saying, hey, this is good but there's more and I don't know if you'd be brave enough to admit that today if, if you've got everything going for you your marriage is doing well your finances are not the greatest but they're kind of in order and you know you're coming to church and things are doing good but you still feel like there's more anybody here it's just me okay good as you know what I'm preaching to I felt real bad about that. I felt real guilty about that. I thought it was the enemy trying to put some things inside of me and then I read Ephesians 3:20 set me free now to him who was able to do immeasurably more. more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Then I found this out, that the more inside of me wasn't placed there by the enemy, the more inside of me was actually placed there by God. God had deposited in me a desire for more, but not more stuff, more fulfillment. There's a dream inside of me, a more that he's, that he's pulling out of me. To accomplish there's a, a destiny inside of me there's something more that he wants to and listen it's never by the way it's never the desire that's the sin it's the way we go about fulfilling the desire where sin enters so the desire for more isn't bad as long as we're not talking about more stuff if we're talking about more impact more 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 reach uh more faith uh more more uh, influence to be able to change more lives that's fine as long as it's that um, that's not the problem it's the way we go about fulfilling it because the way the world goes about fulfilling more is through consumption but the way God goes about fulfilling more is through contribution it's okay to have the desire you just got to go about God's way in fulfilling it and he says I put that desire in you but it's not to be filled with consuming it's actually to be filled with contribution you get hungry and you eat but in the kingdom is backwards you get hungry and you feed someone else and you're full 
I know, I know it doesn't work like that I know in your mind. And I know that some of you kind of get nervous because you're starting to see what I'm saying, that God wants to bless you in a level that you've yet to be blessed and he wants to accomplish all the more that you feel inside of you. But the only thing that can unlock it is your generosity. The only thing that can unlock it is your giving. And you get nervous because when you hear me preach about giving and generosity, you think I'm talking about this, the offering bucket. And you think that I'm going to spend the next, you know, 17 minutes, like, making you get all emotional. And at the end, be like, but if you really love Jesus. <laughs> Amen. We're going to see who really loves Jesus now. Amen. What is that, a dollar? You're going to hell. Uh, what do you got here? How about you? You want to go to heaven? You think, you think I'm going to do that? And I know why you think I'm going to do that. Because, unfortunately, there are some people who represent Christ who haven't been doing a good enough job of representing him. And so you saw, you saw on TV, you know, you know, give us $10 and we'll, we'll send you a napkin that will cure your cancer. And you, you, sent, you sent the $10 and your family member is still sick and you're like, what happened? But I'm not talking about this. What I'm talking about, when I tell people that this message has the, the, the potential to shift their life, they don't understand because they think this is what I'm talking about. But I'm not even talking about this. The, the blessing that God has for you doesn't fit in this bucket. The thing, that, the thing that I'm talking about doesn't fit in this bucket. The thing I'm talking about fits in this bucket. And the, and the question I'm posing to you today is not, are you putting enough in here? The question I'm posing to you today is, is there enough of you? In here. Is there enough of you in here? This is generosity, not money. This is generosity. And I'll prove it to you that this is what God was saying. Can I do a little teaching? I like to teach every... Once in a while, kind of get into the Bible. It's just fun for me. You know those fun facts? Does anybody want a fun fact? You're really excited for fun facts. Fun facts with JJ. Anyway, uh, fun facts. Here's a fun fact. Here's a fun fact. Ready? So can we throw that verse up there again, 2035? It said, um, you should remember the word of the Lord Jesus. See, that's real funny. Because if you go to your Bible, all the words of Jesus are in red letters. You might know that. You might not know that because you just got the Bible app. And I don't know if they do. Red letters on the Bible app. Not hating on the Bible app, but I'm just saying. The paper ones have red letters on Jesus' words. And uh, <laughs> stop judging. Um, and so, <laughs> but so let me help you. Let me help you. Let me help you. So I was real curious because I was like, oh, well, let me just find the source and I'll just preach that. So I went into the Gospels to find where it was that Jesus said it. And guess what? I went through all four Gospels and nowhere in red letters are those words. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Not once. I was a little thrown back. I'm like, I know the Bible's accurate. I know the Bible's true. Now, now let me help you. Don't, don't freak out. You're like, oh, my God, the Bible's a lie. Ah! No. First off, the Gospels were not intended to be a transcript of every day of Jesus' life. John said that even if we were just to record the miracles, there wouldn't be enough paper in the world to tell the story of just the miracles. So your Bible is not, was not intended to be closed captioning on every day of Jesus' life. <laughs> so, so I don't doubt that, it, that he said it. I know that he said it. What I'm asking for is why, what I was asking was why in God's wisdom did he choose to withhold it? Because it would have made a great verse. You know, Jesus would have said it in Matthew 7, whatever. It is more blessed to give. I'm like, amen, Jesus, that's a good verse. He, 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 he won't have it. So why in his wisdom did he choose to withhold it unless he was conveying something about the true nature of generosity? 
unless by, by leaving it out, what he was really saying was, I want to talk to you about generosity, but, but to do it in red letters would rob you of the full understanding of what generosity is. So instead of telling you about generosity through red letters, I want to tell you about generosity through red palms. I'm going to tell you about generosity through a red brow. I'm going to tell you about generosity through red feet and red side where blood dripped from my body, where I gave my life for you. I'm going to display generosity for you. And in that revelation makes a shift. He shifts the conversation of generosity from paper to a person. Let me make it more practical so you can see where I'm going. I said he shifted the talk of generosity from paper to a person. God doesn't want your money. I mean, you know why God wants your treasure? I'll tell you why God wants your treasure, because he wants you. And you are attached to your treasure. And anybody who says no, you lie. <laughs> You've never invested in stocks. I can tell you everything that is going on with Disney stock right now. Everything. I can tell you that they merged with 21st Century Fox. I can tell you all the movies they got in the pipeline. I can tell you the Star Wars land is coming out. I can tell you about the food and the snacks that come out. And you know why I can tell you all that? Because I've invested 100% of my retirement portfolio in Disney. This is not something I recommend. I am not promoting Disney stock. This is the SEC will get me. I don't know how that works, but I probably shouldn't do that either. Put all your eggs in one basket. But I'm just saying a point. I know how much the stock of Disney right now is $108. I know that. <laughs> you know why I checked it this morning, even though the stock market's been closed for two days? <laughs> Because I'm invested. God don't want your money. He wants you, but you're connected to your money. And so when you invest, and listen, this is just a part of it. I could put this down. He doesn't just want you. He wants your time too. He wants your time. By the way, I, I need to just, because in a moment, I'm going to talk to those who are not Christians here today. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to, um, to like give your life to Jesus. And I just want you to know what that means because nobody ever told me what it meant. When you give your life to Jesus, here's what it means. You got in the bucket. That's what it meant. You see, when you made that prayer, see, now you want to think twice about doing that at the end of the service. But I'm just saying, for everybody who made that decision, this is what you said yes to. I'm going to get in the bucket. That's what you said yes to when you got saved. And so everything, this, so even really, I really can't even get mad because guess what? It's not even my money. It's the Lord's. I got in the bucket. Your time, can I be honest with you? Do you, you think, I love coming to church and I enjoy it. I'm here. But if you think every morning I get up excited to be here, of the 52 Sundays, you would be very mistaken. I'm going to be honest. I love what I do, but have you never, have you never not, let he who has never woken up and not wanted to go to work be the first to cast a stone. Because <laughs> this is your Sunday. It's my job. So if you've never not wanted to go to work, then you can judge me. But if not, shut your face. Um, <laughs> Some Sundays I don't want to come, but you know why I say yes? Because I got in the bucket. I don't, I don't choose anymore. When I got in, I went all in. I'm in the bucket, y'all. I got no choice. Tell me about, well, I would have came to church on Sunday, but my kids didn't want to. What? You better have a conversation with your kids. Sorry, Johnny. We jumped in the bucket. We don't get to stay home when we want to just because we want to. We gave him our, our Monday. We gave him our Tuesday. We gave him our Wednesday, our Thursday, our Friday, our Saturday. 
and we gave them our Sunday, we say yes. We got in the bucket. And not just your, 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 your time, your talent. Don't let me find out you play the piano. <laughs> Watching us up here suffer for six months without a piano player. You see it. You see it. Standing there talking about God, send somebody. They need a piano player. Uh, well, I don't want to get up early for rehearsal. You got in the bucket. It's not even your talent. It's his. Better give it back. Give it back. You got in the bucket. Find out you got a great smile. Don't smile at me in the lobby. If I see you got a great smile, I'll make you a greeter. Why? Because that smile belongs to Jesus. You better use it for his glory. Stop using it to you know what. Stop using it for his glory. And people get it twisted when I talk about this bucket. They go, God's so selfish. No. You read the verse wrong. You read it like most of Americans read this verse. Verse, verse it's the most misquoted. Uh, it's one of the most misquoted scripture verses ever. Without looking on the screen. It's, okay, it's on there. Um, <laughs> it says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. But here's the deal. How many people have heard this verse recited in this way? It is better to give than to receive. Raise your hand if you've ever heard that before. Only one problem. That's not what the Bible says. And here's why that, 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 that little deviation is so crucial. Because if you heard it is better to, to give, then what you really heard was you better give. You better give or I'm up. You better give. And that's not what God said. He said it is more blessed to give. In other words, please get this into your mind. Giving is not something God wants from you. Giving is something God wants for you. And he wants you to get in the bucket all your time, all your talent, all your treasure, because everything in the bucket gets blessed. Everything in the bucket gets blessed. And so he's not really interested in blessing your finances as much as he's interested in blessing your life. Your li he wants to bless your, your life. It's the, the law of sowing and reaping. What you sow in gets multiplied. Worship team, I'm going to have you hold out. I'll call you out in a second. Um, we're going to go over today. I'm sorry, but I feel it. Is that okay? We feel it. Okay. If you're a first-time guest, we're usually done in 11 minutes. We'll probably be done in 16. Um, I feel it. Now, as it is with the law of the soil, it is with the law of the soul. What you sow comes in and gets, and gets multiplied. So in other words, if, if you put yourself in the bucket, you'll get your selfishness out. Selfishness is a stubborn thing. Here's what the Bible talks about when it talks about uh, selfishness. Uh, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 10. Don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. And the person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, guess what he's going to harvest? A crop of weeds. Now, the Bible uses a weed here as a metaphor for selfishness because the two have something really in common. Uh, I, I was talking to my, my, uh, the guy who does my lawn, and I was doing some research online because of the research generation, and I found out that weeds are the most selfish form of plants. You know why? Because their roots grow deep down. They steal the water from all the grass around it, and then it grows so big intentionally, listen, so that it could get sun and the grass dies in its shade. And he said, when you sow into yourself, that's all you're doing. You're getting all the sun, you're getting all the water, you're getting all the light, you're getting all the nutrients from the soil, but the people around you are dying. Dying. Here's, here's the way, you, here's my definition of selfishness. I hope it blesses you. Selfishness is, is, is this, staring at everything you stand to gain while losing sight of all you stand to lose. 
Don't be selfish. And, and name your baby something too trendy. <laughs> Where am I going with that? I once met a lady. I saw her baby. Her baby was beautiful. I said, it's a beautiful baby. What's, what's, what's her name? She said, Blue Star. I said, I'm going to need you to expound. I'm going to need to know what is that in the Hebrew? What is that in the Greek? You got someone in your family? Doesn't have to be a biblical name. Just give me some reason. She said, oh, I'll tell you my reason. She says, I like it. I said, well, that's cool. You might like it, but that little girl got to live with it. Goodness gracious, her initials are BS. Come on, somebody. But he wasn't thinking. She wasn't thinking about that little girl. She was thinking about what she likes. Are you so focused on what you like that you forget about other people have to live with your choices? Well, I just want to get all the sun. I just want to get all the water. What about those around you? A lot of friendships are this way, you know? They're unbalanced. I don't want you to raise your hand because you might have came to church with that person, but... Do you know somebody that every time they call you or meet with you or go out to coffee with you, all they do is vent about their problems? Now, once have they asked you in the last three times you hung out, how you doing? Last three times. And that's why well, you talk to that person, they won't know that they're selfish. They will say, well, I just need a chance to vent. Well, that's cool. You just traded a chance to vent for a chance to have a friend. And by the way, if you're on the other side of that conversation, why haven't you called them out on that? I'll tell you why. Because you don't want to go through the drama. In other words, you're too selfish to call them out on their selfishness. And you rather have you, you you rather have a fake friend than a real conversation. And then you got people in your life that you don't like enough to hang out with, but you don't love enough to tell the truth. And you got like ten of these friends right now. Nobody's like, don't look over. <laughs> you got... Let me ask you a question: What's the cost? Because don't be so focused on what the cost is to get in the bucket. What's the cost to stay out? Stop asking me what the cost of sacrifice is and ask yourself, what's the cost of selfishness? Your family, your marriage, the people you love, your future, your destiny, how about your life? I mean, ask Ananias and Sapphira. You might not know the history. It was, it was a married couple. They come together. They sold their house, and, and they wanted to give all of it to charity. But at the last minute, they said, you know what? I don't want to really give all of it to charity. I'm going to keep most of it, and I'm going to give some of it to charity. And that charity was the church. They messed up. They shouldn't have given it somewhere else, Boys and Girls Club or something. But they gave it to the church and messed up when they gave it to the church because then Peter asked them. They said, he said, is this everything you sold it for? They said, yep. And they, pastors don't like preaching this message because it's really hard. But they died right there. Now, I'm not even going to try and defend God's actions. That's God. But I will try to learn from God's actions because <laughs> your boy ain't trying to die. And so, and here's the best I could discern. They gave some, but they didn't give all. You can't have a relationship like this. Yes, so many people are having relationships like this. And not even just with God, like with your husband and your wife. I'm in, but we're going to have two separate bank accounts. Because I'm going to do my thing, and I'm going to let you do your thing. But what happened to two become one? Well, I'm going to do it my way. Because that's what the Bible says. Well, I'm going to do it my way. I'm not going to tell you about my time in college. Why? Because I'm going to hold those secrets. And I get it. I bet in a nice sense of fire, you know what they were really trying to do? They were trying to hold some back in case of a storm. In other words, selfishness. And that's why I sympathize. Not only because I'm a selfish person, but I sympathize with the selfishness because selfishness is really just a form of self-preservation. They're just trying to survive. And I get it, but they got it backwards. You see, Matthew says this, that when you try to hold on to your life, you lose it. But when you lose your life, you gain it. This is what Galatians 6 says. This is, what, this is what, what Paul was alluding to. Listen, in Galatians 6, he says this. He says, but the one who plants in response to God, letting God's spirit do the growth work in him, harvest the crop of real life. 
Eternal life. In other words, God does the growth. If you get in the bucket, guess what? God will do the growth. He'll grow you. He'll prosper you. He'll make it work. But if you try and do things your own way, you're going to have to fight for your own blessings. So you better be really good at your job. If you think you can succeed on your own, you better be really good at being a husband or a wife or a boyfriend or a girlfriend if you think you can do this on your own. But as for me and my house, I know. I'd rather have him be the gardener. See, those two things about weeds, because every time I talk about this, there's always people who are like, well, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. That's funny you would say that, because that's something else that weeds have in common with you. They're stubborn. A weed is stubborn. It's hard to get rid of. And you know what else? They're wild. They do whatever they want. But there's another horticultural example in my house that I wanted to bring to you today. Yeah, this is actually a, my wife is slowly becoming a, um, a plant person. I think they call them plant mamas. It's like we're done having kids, so now she just buys plants. She needs things to love. Am I not enough for you, woman? She keeps on loving plants. And so, so this is one of the first plants um, she got. It's, uh, it's really hard to die, uh, but it was, it, was, it was suffering a little bit. They call it a mother-in-law plant because um, you can't kill it. And so... Uh, it's just truth about the plant. I'm not talking about my mother-in-law. I hope that she lives forever. She's in the front row. I love you. Um, I'm just telling you, the, just giving you the species genome. It's, it's the Latin name for it. Mother-in-law plant. Anyway, it's crazy, y'all. This thing is thriving in my house right now. But the plants out in the yard, we got a problem. They're suffering from weeds. And I couldn't out for the life of me figure out why. This thing gets sun. The plant with the weed gets sun. This thing gets water. The, the, the plant with the, with, the, with the weeds gets water. I can't figure out the difference between this and the plants going out backyard. I don't know if you can help me. I mean, I'm looking. I'm going, oh, yeah, I mean, there is one difference. But can it really make that much of a difference? I mean, it's got water. It's got sun. The ones that are suffering from weeds got water and got sun. Oh, yeah. What do you call that thing again? A, a, a pot. Yeah, yeah, he's got a pot. That's funny that we would call it a pot because... It kind of looks like a, kind of looks like a bucket. The reason why this plant is thriving when my other plants are dying is because it gave up what others would consider perceived freedom to jump in the pot because it knew outside there's freedom, but inside there's the gardener. And I'd rather, I'd rather live in the pot where someone can care for me. Where, someone can, where the weeds can't get to me, where moths cannot destroy it, where thieves cannot get to it. I'd rather spend my life in the pot. Oh, I think the Bible said, better is one day in his house than a thousand elsewhere. Better is one day in the bucket. Better is one day in the bucket than a thousand. And this is what I, this is what I think non-Christians, they, how they judge us. You know, if you have a non-Christian friend, they judge us because they, they walk around, and if you're not a Christian, I'm, stop judging me. Because they look, they look at you and go, oh, man, I would hate to be a Christian. You're so limited. You can't do what you want. Wouldn't it be nice to get your way? Wouldn't it be nice to sleep with whoever you want? Wouldn't it be nice if your wife wasn't the last person you slept with? Wouldn't it be nice to drink whatever you want, stay out late as much as you want? Wouldn't it be nice to, to have 19 credit cards? Wouldn't it be nice to do all this? You have to live your life by all these rules, but I get my way. You know what I would say to that person? I would say... That's cool. That's cool. I mean, you're right. I mean, I, I can't do a lot in here. You're right. You get to do your way. But you might get your way. But I got my peace. You might get your way. But I got my hope. <laughs> you might get your way. 
but I got my gardener. You might get your way, but I got my destiny. You might get your way, but I got my dreams. You might get your way, but I got my protection. You might get your way, but I got his presence. You might get your way, but I got his power. You might get your way, but I got his fire. You might get your way, but I got his love. You might get your way, but I got his direction. You might get your way, but I got his, I got his love. You might get your way, but I got him before me, behind me, around me. You might get your way, but I got his plan. You might get your way, but I got his peace. I got his joy, it covers me. And I would rather trade my way for his will any day. Any day. Because I lived outside the bucket. And it looks like freedom, but I've never been more a slave. Never in my life have I been more a slave outside the bucket. It wasn't until I gave it up that I really started living. Can anybody testify to that? You get your selfishness out. Worship team, you, you can come. We'll close. Sorry about extending, but it's a word on this for somebody. You've been holding, wondering why you're suffering. There's things inside of you that are dying to break out in you because you're consuming it. But if you would let go and let God, he would grow it. He's a good gardener, but he don't work unless you go all. And once you do, then you, a seed on the surface is no good, but a seed that is buried, a seed that goes all in, bears fruit. But you got to go all in. Don't work one leg in, one leg out. You've got to go all in. If you put in yourself, you get out your selfishness. Here's another one. If you put in your grief, you get your gratefulness out. I know that doesn't sound like a, a big deal, but, well, I think that it is. Let me give you some context for this passage in Exodus that I'm about to read, and we're closing now. The people of Israel are leaving Egypt. Um, they were slaves for many years. Moses came, did the whole Red Sea thing, 10 plagues thing. They're on their way. Exodus 13 is pretty much on the heels of that. And, and God is now giving them instructions for their new life. And, and, and guess what? One of the first things he instructs them to do, he, he instructs them to, to be generous. He instructs them to give. He instructs them to tithe. This is where the practice of tithing comes in. For those who aren't aware, tithing is when you give God the first. Very important, the first. Um, why is the first more important than the last? Because if I give you the last, I give you what's left. But if I give you the first, I'm putting my faith that there's more to come. So in the, first, in the first 10%. And so this is what God says. Look what he says. Exodus, you got to have that context because now you'll hear it. You shall set apart, verse 12, chapter 13, you shall set apart to the Lord all that, say it with me, first, opens the womb. All the first born of your animals that are males shall be the Lord's. Every first born of a donkey, you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, you shall break its neck. You know what that means? In other words, God is saying, listen, you can either give it to me or you can either let the devil take it, but I'm not going to let you put your trust in material things. So it's getting, I'm getting it either way. Are you hearing me? You can choose to withhold and not be generous. But if you choose to withhold and not be generous, don't think you're holding on to it because there's only two destinations for your materials. Either it is given to God or taken by the enemy. And so God is saying, I'm going to get what's mine. So I'm going to break the neck of that donkey if I have to. You guys know what the King James Version calls donkey in the Bible, right? I won't, I won't say it. I'll say it. He said, if you don't give the donkey, I'm going to break the donkey's neck. You know what he's saying? <laughs> he said, your choice of mine, either way. 
I'm gonna get a piece of that ass one way or another. Hey, it belongs to me. Your past belongs to me. Your present belongs to me. Your future belongs to me. You give it or he'll take it. But I'm not going to let you build your faith on an object. I'm not going to let you build your faith on money. I'm not going to let you build your faith on a house. I'm not going to let you build your faith in a car. I'm not going to let you build your faith on things. And I'm going to let you build your faith in me. So if I got to take some things for you to believe in me and for you to trust me, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Stay standing, stay standing. Stay standing. I'm gonna close. I'm gonna close. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Verse 14 says this. Listen, in the days to come, when your son asks you, What does this mean? Say to him, With a mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. When Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed the firstborn of both the people and the animals in Egypt. This is why I sacrificed to the Lord my first. Listen. Uh, you gotta, in order to really get the message, you got to bring it into modern day. Imagine for a second that there's a family of farmers and, and the son of this dad who owns a farm has been away at college. And now he comes home and they're ranchers and the son's really good at accounting. And the dad says, son, take the books. And the son starts to do the books. And the son finds something really weird with the books. He goes, hey, dad, I'm, I'm near this whole ranching thing, but I've been doing some research. I've been looking into your numbers. Um, dad, uh, I don't know if you know this, uh, but every time an animal gives birth for the first time, uh, Dad, you kill it. And by my, by my account, we've already lost 10% of the herd. Dad, we're going to run out of business if you keep doing this. He says, when your son asks you that, respond to your son. Say this. Son, we weren't always ranchers. We used to be slaves. And when you understand what you used to be, when you understand what what was spared from you. Your sacrifice always goes in as grief. But when it's put in the context of what he's given you, it comes out gratefulness. It hurts to put it in, but I, but I get it. How much he left. You know when this blessed me? When I lost my son. I know this is a story a lot of you've heard because you've been here, but we got new people. You haven't heard this story before. Liz has given birth to three children. Just this day, and our third boy, who died seven hours after he was born, who we held, who we hugged, who we kissed, who we loved, who we sang worship songs with, who we prayed for, whose toes we grabbed. His name was Journey. After he died, three months after he died, I was so mad at God. And I kept telling the Lord, you took him, you took him, you took him, you took him. And finally I shifted something inside of me. I said, I'm gonna change the story because this whole you took him thing is making me bitter. And so you know what, God? I know you took them. But even though you took them, here's what I said. It's going to set somebody free. I give them. Somebody here needs to hear this tonight. Life took something from you. And you're bitter about it because it's possible for life to take something from you. But even though life takes it, until you give what life took, you'll never be free. Somebody left your life, you're still bitter at the fact that they left. He didn't take them. It's your chance to give them. I give them. That friend, I give them. I give them. And it's time to let go of somebody. It's already gone. Now God just needs you to give it so that you can be grateful. You know what I did? After God showed me that, I grabbed Justice and Zane. And I hugged them so tight because they weren't my kids anymore. They were my blessing. 
They used to be my boys. And they went from my boys to my blessing because I realized how hard it was to have a kid once I lost one. I thought, oh my God, my blessings. I wasn't grateful when I had them, but I became grateful through my grief. My grief birthed gratefulness. Blessings. I've got blessings right here. These are my blessings. And so one day I went into Justice's room. He had lost his tooth. Liz gave him $5 because she's the tooth fairy. We just straight up tell him that she's the tooth fairy. Gave him $5. And then after she gave him $5, um, he said, well, that's a lot of money. And I don't know why we were teaching him about generosity and tithing. So I wrote him uh, uh, a little number. I wrote under the number that I tithe. He thought it was a lot of money. He said, wow, that's a million dollars. It is not a million dollars. Right now, very, very, very not that. But he was so blown away. And then he asked me, he said, Daddy, why? Why? I had just read this passage. It happened a year ago. I told him, I'll tell you why. Daddy and Mommy weren't always pastors. Daddy and Mommy weren't always Christians. I, I could tell that I was losing them, so I had to bring in something that he could relate to. I said, Daddy and Mommy actually used to be bad guys. He's into comics. So it was the only way he could understand. So he thinks the Riddler, Penguin, Joker, his eyes get real big. He goes, he asked me, he goes, is this a real story? I go, yeah, it's a real story. I said, Daddy and Mommy. I started to get emotional. I didn't even get emotional now. I go, Daddy and Mommy, we used to, we used to do bad things. We used to lie. We used to cheat. We used to hurt people. We used to steal, Papi. We did some really bad things. But God, he didn't lock me up. He set me free. I used to be a slave, son. I used to be a, and he changed my life. That's why I give. He said, well, dad, I want to give too. Take my $5. He gave me the five. I said, no, son, just give, just give 10% of that, whatever that is. He goes, no. He goes, I want to give it all. He said, because this is my first tooth. I'm going to give God my first. So now I'm crying. You know, but like, but like, I'm still a man and I got the stereotypes. So I'm like, oh, good job, son. And then this is what he says when he climbs the steps. He goes, and besides, I know there's more where that came from. See, that's why I don't mind giving. And that's why I don't mind when the Lord takes away. Because then who takes away, he gives. There's more where that came from. I jump in the bucket. Because if I lose somebody, there's more where that came from. I jump in the bucket. Because if he takes away, there's more where that came from. He's a good God. He's a good God. And he's got more. He's got more. He's got more. And somebody is standing on the precipice of a commitment. Because you're afraid that he's going to run out. But he doesn't. There's more. There's more where that came from. Your father is a good God. You know why the weed competes? Because somehow it thinks it's going to run out of sun. The grass knows something the weed doesn't know. The sun's not going anywhere. The rain's not going anywhere. Somebody here today, you've been on the outside looking in. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Somebody here today, you've been on the outside looking in. And this is your chance right now to go all in with Jesus Christ. I'm going to speak to those who don't have a relationship with Jesus first. If you're here right now, hear me. You need to get in the bucket. Get in the bucket. I'm sorry we extended, but this is for you. You need to get in the bucket today. 
give it all. Well, I'm afraid of what I'm going to lose. Yeah, but what's the cost of staying out? If that's you and you're in this room today and you want to jump in the bucket, when I say three, raise your right hand in the sky. All over this room right now, you want to jump in the bucket, give your life to Jesus. One, two, three. Right now, shoot your right hand up high. I want to get in that bucket. Get my life. I want to get in that bucket. I want to get in that bucket. Come on, I see entire families raising their hands. Fathers, wives, sons and daughters. Amen. Come on, I see couples raising their hands right now. I'm going to get in the bucket. I'm going to get in the bucket. I'm going to get in the bucket. Jesus, take my life. Go lower your hand. Journey Church, worship team, let's not let them pray by themselves. Let's, let's all pray together. We're going to pray with you. Just repeat after me. Father, I'm getting in the bucket. I'm giving you my life. Not, not a half of it. Not three quarters of it. I'm giving it all to you. My past, my present, and my future. You can have it all. Today, I don't just go in. I go all in. Because you went all out. Come on, give God some praise. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by this message. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. If you would like to share your testimony or if you have any prayer requests, please email us, amen at journeyorl.com, where we'll have a team of people ready to celebrate with you and pray with you. Also, if you would like to help support the ministry of Journey Church in a financial way, you can do so by visiting journeyorl.com and choosing the giving option. Or text journeyorl to 77977. We hope you'll join us again soon. Have a great week.